But honestly, I can say that like, if I did die tomorrow, I would be so freaking happy with where my life is right now and just how I'm living. And like that to me is true success. Welcome to Habits and Humor, where you come to make serious progress without taking life too seriously. This podcast shows how we can use embarrassing moments as empowering tools to help us create powerful daily habits and enjoy life at the same time. I'm Susie B, author and creator of Life Conscious and master of all things embarrassing. This is Habits and Humor. Come to laugh, stay to learn, choose to live. What's your biggest holiday battle? Is it the Halloween candy cravings, Thanksgiving dinner overload, Christmas parties and neighbor treats, or just the lack of routine that throws off your groove and your health falls to the wayside? Well, not this year. Not this year, my friend. I'm teaming up with the amazing and beautiful Karen Banghart. She and I are going to bring you the ultimate holiday health challenge. She's a nutrition coach and I'm a personal trainer. So between the two of us, we're going to help you stay on track so that you don't miss a beat and you can enjoy both yourself and your health and your family and your holidays. You can do both at the same time. It's not what you eat on Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas that makes all the difference for you. It's what you do the other 362 days of the year. Karen and I are going to be here to support you and help you to make those lifestyle changes, those simple, small adjustments that you can actually continue doing every single day of your life. And we're going to help you from Halloween to New Year's Day. Go to holidayhealthchallenge.info and sign up today so that you can have the support you need to succeed this holiday season and start next year off right. Doors close this Saturday, October 29th, so get in here while you still can. Holidayhealthchallenge.info Welcome back to another fabulous week on the Habits and Humor podcast. This week we have an interesting discussion that is a little bit different than some of the ones that we've had before. Before we've been focusing on mental health habits and physical health habits. Today we're going to shift gears a little bit into one area of a lot of our lives that we kind of overcomplicate. <laughs> a lot of us are building a business or we're working in our businesses that we already have, working at work, however it is, and we kind of overwhelm ourselves with the day-to-day little stuff. So I've brought in an unbelievable guest today that she has just accomplished so much. I admire the heck out of this woman. I'll just tell you a little bit about her. She's an award-winning money and marketing strategist and coach, and she was the international coach of the year in 2020. So she, I mean, she's been on the cover of Entrepreneur Magazine, Inspired Coach Magazine. She's a big, huge deal, you guys. So we're so lucky to have her here today. And okay, her name is Erica Carico, and I'm just going to have you introduce yourself a little bit. The way that you coach business is very much about making it your own and speaking it in your own language and working with people on their level. Tell us about you a little bit. Introduce yourself to us. Oh, thank you so much. I know it's so funny when we, you know, like I still think of myself as just like a mom and I love to go out into the mountains and like spend time alone. And I forget sometimes that, you know, I've done some pretty cool things in the world, but um, (laughs) (laughs) my, well, I think for me, I was sort of like all of us, I was corporate career. I was kind of just, I don't know. I was like checking off the boxes of my life first to go to college. And then there were things that I was definitely doing that was following my heart and soul. Like I did some non-traditional things. Like I traveled the world, I moved to Australia. However, in the back of my mind, I was always still the rule follower and still doing what I felt I should do ultimately. Like I was still really connected to corporate career and earning success through corporate. And I was still connected to getting married and having kids and built and having a house and all these things. And 
what I realized is that none of that, what I felt I should do was ever making me happy. And for me, unfortunately enough, it took a cancer diagnosis at 36. I was still breastfeeding my baby at the time. And I had a toddler as well. And for me, that was a real spiritual wake up call around you are not living life in the way that you are here to live. And I didn't know if I was going to live, if I was going to die. I had no idea what was coming for me, but I, I remember thinking, what is the point if I'm not following my heart, if I'm not following my soul, what is actual the point of my life? And no matter how long I have left, I'm going to do everything that feels like a hell yes. And everything that feels like a F no, (laughs) not be a thing in my life anymore. And so since then I've been deconstructing everything that does not feel like it is in super alignment with who I am as a woman and as a soul and as a spirit. And I've been letting go of, of what's not and really building up in a place that is, and I'm just really passionate about helping women do the same Um, and essentially have their, their, do their work here on earth. What are they meant to do and how can they really monetize that by, by living their purpose? And, um, that's really what I'm here for. That's amazing. So how long ago was your cancer diagnosis and like, what has the journey been like since then, since that point, that's, that was a bit of a turning point for you. That was the turning point. Yeah. So that was 2016. Essentially since then I did leave my corporate career. I was working full time. I was also in a marriage that I was really unhappy in and I have now left the marriage and I'm a single mom and gone through divorce and all of that moved out to Colorado, um, where I was living someplace that really just didn't feel aligned with me. And, and I wasn't fueled by it. So I have moved my family out to Colorado and my business. I mean, I started out as a coach, just coaching individual people on what their life purpose is. And now I've had this global business. I speak worldwide and I've been on Forbes. And like you said, I mean, it's, just, I don't know, it turns over a million a year and it's just in this, it's like a company. Now I have eight people that work for me and, you know, people are like, how have you done this? And how have you done it so quickly? And it literally is just following what feels right and being so divinely guided and saying yes to, um, this part of me and saying no to not this part, but I'm not driven by my ego anymore. That's amazing. Not driven by your ego anymore and saying yes to your heart. So how do you go about like saying yes. Like, I mean, there's so many options when, when you're starting a business, everyone comes to you and they're like, you should do it this way, this way, this way, this way. Like, how did you sift through all of the muck and decide, you know what, this is the choice for me. And what were those pathways? Like what actually worked for you? Yeah. So that's a really good question. I think this is also what I teach too. Yes. Strategy. Yes. There are definitely things that we should do in our business when we're starting out versus things we should not. And that I know that's like, you could go on and on about that forever. Um, however, I, I really sifted by, by learning and absorbing and then implementing and trying and what did not work. I let go of right away and I shifted so it was a lot of trial and error in the beginning. Um, and now, you know, it's a different skill set, I think, running a company, but I've really learned over the years how to trust my own intuition and what that feels like in my body. So like, I always have a coach. I always have a mentor. I always have a mastermind that I'm in. Um, I'm always learning. And before I implement that, I sort of like run it through my own internal filter system. Like, does this feel right to me? And if it feels a little bit off, then it's not something that I'll do. And if it feels okay, yes, this feels right. Then I really go for it. So there is like a part of learning strategy and making smart business decisions. And then also running it through sort of my internal guidance system as well. And just getting really clear on what that feels like in my body and being able to differentiate that feeling of like, 
this feels wrong because I'm afraid <laughs> versus this feels wrong because it's actually not the path I'm supposed to be following right now. There's a difference in those two. How do you tell that difference? I mean, so many of us go through that. Like, I don't want to do this because I'm scared of it, or I don't want to do this because this isn't right. Like, how do you tell? Yeah, that's a good question. So for me, I imagine what does it feel like for me then to be taking those steps or I start taking action. I start taking action towards it. And if it still just feels wrong and I'm bumping into things, um, it, that definitely feels that I know that that's just a, okay, this is kind of like the wrong, the wrong way to go. If it feels like fear and I'm afraid to do this because I'm afraid I start taking action. And usually, um, if it, it that usually then it starts feeling right or it starts feeling alive for me or I start feeling excited about it. Or I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so scared about this. And I'm also excited about it at the same time. So you can just start to feel like your body just feels that excitement and, um, and you want to keep leaning into it. Whereas where if it's really truly not the right path, you feel resistance for so many reasons and you actually don't feel lit up about it at all. It doesn't feel alive for you. It just feels like you're constricting yourself as opposed to expanding. Yeah. I always compare it to the difference between like nervous excitement and like nervous, um, sort of feeling like you're being restricted. Like you said, like feels like it's holding you back from something. And I use those two comparisons. Like, okay, is this something that, like you said, do do I want to open up to this? Does this make me want to move forward into it? Or does this feel heavy and like, it's pulling me back and pulling me down? Absolutely. That's the best. Yeah. You've just nailed it right there. So let me ask you then along your way, I mean, you've been doing this for seven years now that that the first few years, like tell us about that. Cause I mean, a lot of the listeners here are beginning a business or they're early on in the stages of their business. Like give us a little bit of hope. (laughs) You know, I know that the first years, the first years require a lot of time. They require a lot of, like you talked about the trial and error and taking action, that simple daily action. How do we get through and, and like what? what helped you to keep going through those, those, the beginning through the beginning part. That's, that's a little bit slower. Oh my gosh. So I literally just did a Facebook live on this because I feel like there are, when we're starting business, it's not easy, right? Like it's actually really challenging and it really challenges us on all levels, on an emotional level, on a spiritual level, on a physical level. Do we even have the time to be doing this, especially for moms and we're working full time, But I think really it comes down to really a knowing of figuring out like, okay, this actually is why I'm here. This is what I'm supposed to do. So I think really connecting to that why or that purpose for me, it's more of a, not necessarily just a why, but it really is a purpose. And that way you're so much less likely, like for me, just having that experience and knowing that I am here to do this work and I'm not here just to slave away in a corporate career, earning millions of dollars for a company that's earning millions of dollars. Like that's not why I'm here. And so for me, that knowing is like, there is no plan B. So anytime I hit road bumps or challenges or whatever, it was like, well, I don't have another, I've got to get around this or, okay, that didn't work, but I've got to keep going because this is where I'm meant to be. So I need to just figure it out. And I remember, you know, I think, I don't remember who said it, but I remember in the beginning, just really holding true to the fact that the only way that this isn't, my business isn't going to work, or the only way that this isn't going to grow into something that is going to sustain me financially and emotionally and spiritually is if I quit and if I let it go. 
And just that knowing really gave me trust in myself. Like this can be as hard as it can be. And this can suck as much as it's going to suck. And there have been moments where I've definitely called some of my girlfriends and been like, I think I want to quit my business. And they're like, you do. And I'm like, no, I don't, but I really just hate it right now. (laughs) I need you to tell me that I don't want to quit. Yes. I need you to tell me that I don't want to quit. And sometimes they would be like, okay, well then quit. And I'm like, no, I don't want to quit. (laughs) No, that was not the one you were supposed to say. (laughs) Right. No, you're not supposed to tell me that. Um, so I think, you know, just knowing that no matter what, as long as I didn't quit, it was going to work. And I really trusted that. And I trusted myself. And honestly, that has gotten me so far. Um, so far. I agree. I totally agree with what you're saying. And that's absolutely my drive too. It's just like, like there is no plan B, like you talked about. I love that, that idea that once you get into the thing, the thing, you know, you're good at the thing, you know, you're here to do. And once you've helped a couple of people do it, like those first few clients, you know, like you're begging your sisters, your mom or whoever. And then (laughs) once it actually works and you're just like, like, this is the validation I needed. And now I can just go with it. And then every other obstacle, like you talked about every other obstacle you come up to, you just find a way around it. Cause it's gonna, it's not going to make you stop. Like you're going to keep going. Absolutely. So when did you come to the point in your business where it started to smooth out for you? Like, where did things start to line up? Were you like a year in, or was there like an experience that sort of was a shift or? Well, I honestly think that it was year three. I think if you can get through the first year and you can stay consistent in the first year and focus on the right things, of course, like sort of those needle moving revenue generating activities and just planting a bunch of seeds. The second year definitely becomes a lot easier, but a lot of times people will like stop and then they'll start and they'll stop and then they'll start. So their first year might actually really take three years, but I was like, I'm going to get through this first year in a year and I'm going to, this is going to be hard and this is going to suck. And I'm going to do all these things wrong, but I'm going to make it as short as possible. I'm not going to postpone it into the second year. So in that first year, and it made my second year that much easier. I was really signing clients easily my second year, but I think year three and year five is really where everything clicked for me. And, um, and someone told me that in the beginning, like a business really takes five years to create that sustainability. And I do see that. I think year three things, you have systems in place at that point, you know, your ideal clients really well. Um, you know how to get clients, what works, what doesn't, um, that kind of thing. But then by year five, you have a team and you're able to just reach so many more people and pull in different strategies. And, um, it just, it turns, but yeah, year three and year five for sure. So your mom, how old were your kids when you started your business? Two and five. So your kids are little and you are like fully committed. Like, how do you find the balance? How do you make the time? I know you don't find the time. You're never going to find time in a day, but How did you make it happen? Like, what did you sacrifice to make this priority one? Yeah, well, that's no joke. I was working full-time as well as recovering from kidney cancer. That was really when I was diagnosed. Um, And what I did was I knew, like, we're all busy. We're so busy, especially when you are a mom. Um, And so for me, it was like, it became a non-negotiable. My business was top priority. And so what I did was every Tuesday and Thursday nights, became a non-negotiable for me. I worked from after my kids went to bed from eight 30 to 10 30, just two hours. And sometimes it would only be 10 o'clock. If I was really tired, I would go to sleep. 
but Tuesdays and Thursday nights after my kids went to bed until 10 or 10 30, I was working on my business. And then also on Sundays, I either had my mom or my husband at the time, watch my kids from usually eight to one o'clock. And then I would go to a coffee shop and I had just sat there and I would work until I had clients. And then um, once I had clients, I would schedule those clients in those blocks of time. Um, and when I didn't have clients, I was still working those blocks of time, but I was just doing activities that were going to try and bring in clients. So it was like, I don't know, seven, eight, nine hours a week. And it, they were non-negotiables. Everybody knew that that was what I was doing. And if anything else came up, I was like, no, this is the only time I have to work on my business. It's just happening. And it just did. That's amazing that you were able to set that for yourself and then stick to it. That's probably the hardest part is like, okay, something came up like, oh, it's easy to push this back because you're your own boss, right? Right. So then there's where that also you have to have. So I think you have to have two kinds of whys. One is that spiritual sort of purpose, like that mission why. And two, you need like an earthly why as well. So like, I knew I did not want to stay in my marriage anymore. I knew that I wanted out and I was not happy. And I also knew that on the salary that I was earning at the time, um, I was the executive director of a not-for-profit organization. I could never support two kids on that salary alone. And my husband was Australian and I didn't know if he was going to go back to Australia. I didn't know what was going to happen. And I knew that for me to get out of my marriage and be able to have the life that I wanted to have and support myself and my kids, um, I needed to be earning eight to $10,000 a month. And so for me, that was like my super why. Um, and that was what really got me <laughs> like, you know, when I was tired, what kept me sticking to it, I needed, I needed to get out. That's amazing. And I like that you're saying even when you were tired, that those two things were what kept you going. Like we're all going to be tired because it's like, I just want you to know that whatever the goal is, whether you're building a business or, you know, just raising a family or working on your mental health, anything, it's always going to be a battle to make it happen. But if you know why you're doing it and you stick to it and you be consistent, that's where the beauty comes in. That's where the magic happens. Yeah, so let's go into a little bit about perfectionism. I know that you talk about how you were a bit of a perfectionist at the beginning. Tell us sort of why perfectionist held you back and then what kind of caused you to overcome that perfectionism. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm laughing yes. because I know where this is headed. I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, yeah. So I think so many of us are perfectionists. And I used to, when people would ask me, you know, in job interviews and stuff, I'd always say, well, I'm a perfectionist. And I was, I always was, everything needed to be perfect. And what, um, what I didn't realize in business was that was, that's absolutely, that, that is like a business killer. It's a dream killer. It's an everything killer. And I thought, well, how, how can that be? Because it, I thought it was a good quality, you know, and what it actually, I mean, it's just total self-sabotage. And, um, I think really you know, especially if, if we're a successful woman and we, we have our, all of our ducks in a row and we're doing the career and we're a wife and we're, we've got our kids and it's like, everything's working for us. Um, we usually have some perfectionist tendencies as well. Um, and it's really easy to carry those into our business and just get super stuck. Um, so my new motto always became like done or progress over perfection. And I really have stuck to that ever since. And that has really been when my business took off. Did you ever have an experience where you wanted to be perfect and you wanted to show up perfect and then it didn't go that way? And it sort of taught you a little bit, you know, about <laughs> this is okay if it doesn't quite go right. 
So many times, like so many times, I think, you know, we kind of chatted a little bit before the show. There are three big ones that really come to mind, but honestly, the first one that really broke the ice for me was I, I was so terrified, literally like terrified of video, terrified of video. I put it off for two years in my business. The idea of going Facebook live or Instagram live was literally like out of the question. I was, I literally remember being like for two years in my business, there's no way I can click that button and see the red thing showing live. Like I physically cannot do it, <laughs> not doing it, won't do it, not happening. No, I refuse. I did. I refused. And so finally I had a coach that was like, you've been ignoring this for two years. You absolutely cannot put this off anymore. Like you're missing some big opportunity for visibility here. Cause I had a pretty good following at the time and I had a lot to teach and share. And I was not putting my face on video and people like, they're like, you need to, people are going to get to know you through video, through you speaking, through seeing you, through hearing you. There's only so much you can put in posts and in emails. Right. And I was like, okay, fine. I can do this. So I was getting ready to do a Facebook live and I wasn't really thinking too much about it because I work on a yoga ball, basically like on my laptop, on a yoga ball. <laughs> and of course I go live and it takes me about an hour to finally be able to push the button. My palms are sweaty. Everything <laughs> is just like, you know, my heart is beating out of my chest. I think I even like blacked out for a minute when like, <laughs> when I saw the red thing go live, cause I was so terrified. And then literally I start talking and probably two minutes in, I fly off my yoga ball and (laughs) hit the floor. I hit the floor and there was no one in the screen. It was like blank. (laughs) I didn't know if I should get up and get back on and be live. Or do I just like, you know, on the floor, like crawl over and like stick my arm up around and just hit delete. (laughs) I did not know what to do. So anyway, did did you leave it up? I left it up. I got back on and I was like, I cannot believe that just happened. I was so flustered. I have to find that. It's got to be somewhere. But I did. I got back on. I finished the live and I cried for three weeks and I did not go live again (laughs) for it was probably like three to five months down the track when I finally went live again. But I was so. But however, what came from that experience was like the people that saw that and the people that ended up watching that and like. I had sales coming after that. I had, um, because I came and talked about it later. I was, I talked about it later and I was like, this was so, this was so hard for me to do. And I finally did it. And it went so horribly wrong. And the best thing that could have ever happened was that it went horribly wrong because never could it go that bad again. (laughs) And two, by getting clients that way, by people saying, thank you so much for like, just being real. And like, we thought it was hilarious. And all of a sudden it gave me permission because I'm quirky and it gave me permission just to be myself. And I mess up a lot of the time and I do stupid things. And it just gave me that permission to like, Hey, I don't have to show up perfectly here. That's not what this is about. People want to see me and they want to see the real me and they want to see my life and what happens. And it just really shifted everything for me at that point. I love that you stick with it. Like you got back on and you kept it there and you just owned it. That is such a huge, valuable piece of this story is that it went terribly wrong. And like you said, it couldn't have gone worse. You're only going up from here, but that you owned it. That's such a valuable part of embarrassing moment. Now that we can learn from that, you're suddenly relatable. I mean, now these people that purchased from you, that's what they needed to like, oh, actually she's a person. She's not just like some you know, guru that's out there that I can't touch. Like this is a real person who just fell off of a yoga ball doing something she was terrified of doing. Like, okay, I speak her language. I can reach out to her. Absolutely. I I think that's, you're right. I would, it kind of just blew my perfect image out of the water. And that's exactly what needed to happen. And I've had so much fun in my business since then. And I like, it really gave me permission to know that people are going to buy 
from me as a human being. They don't care what kind of background I have. They don't care what kind, you know, like I do my lives now or videos literally while I'm just hiking and walking or with my kids in them or, and people love it because they get to know me as a human being and people, what differentiates us, especially if we have a service-based business, it's who we are. We are, they buy from us, not necessarily like our product or our service. We're always what they look at first. And I think the more human we can be, the, the easier we're going to repel the people that are not necessarily for us and draw in the ones that are perfect. I agree very much. So it makes it easier, doesn't it? Like once you have that first experience, so you do the thing that you're scared of doing and it goes terribly wrong. And then you're free. Like you, all of a sudden you have permission, like you said, you get permission to just be yourself and just go forward. And even though it took you a while to come back on, you did eventually come back in and you guys, I never, ever, ever would have known that she was scared of video because she's phenomenal in video. (laughs) I met her at one of her trainings that she did. And I went to this conference that she did and it was phenomenal, like just hugely impactful, hugely powerful for my business. There were thousands of other people in the room and she was answering my questions. Like she's Erica. I just admire the heck out of you. The way that you do it is very personal and the way that you just, I don't know, you're very real. I agree with you that you're just, you're just awesome. I love it. Oh, thank you so much. I love that. Thank you. And I love that that came from an embarrassing story. And I know you have another one that you want to share that you learned another lesson from. So let's go right into that one. What's the, what's your next embarrassing moment? It was a little bit of a bigger, it was embarrassing and it was also a little bit traumatic, but I think we also have these kinds of experiences (laughs) in business too. Um, and I could have easily quit after this. And actually I really, this is one of the moments where I really did think like, can I, can I actually do this business? I think it must've been probably three years in and you're probably familiar with launching. Yep. Yeah. So I was doing, I was in the middle of a launch and I had, it was the first time I was really playing with Facebook ads. I don't ever recommend doing advertising until you have consistent cash flow in your business because you lose a lot during, this is like the perfect example too. And I was fine because I was earning consistently in my business. I had cash flow to spend. So I was doing this launch of a program and we wanted to essentially double what we had done the previous launch, like six months earlier. So we were like, well, we just double our ad spend then. So we doubled our ad spend. I think there was like 1200 people that registered um, for a masterclass, which was like this online virtual masterclass that I was going to do. And, um, and then from that masterclass, I was going to sell into my program. Right. So like there was a lot riding on this. I, I don't know. I think I had $30,000 in at this point, but I expected that I was going to earn over. I thought it was going to be over a hundred thousand dollar launch. So I get on the masterclass. I think there was about 600 people on there. Um, everyone's ready to learn. The, the energy is incredible. The vibe is amazing. We're like cruising along and we're going through and I get through the biggest part of the training and I'm kind of coming up to where I'm going to make the offer and invite people to come and work with me if they want support. All of a sudden the freaking zoom shuts down and the internet is gone and like <laughs> everything disappears. Like everything disappears. My, the internet is gone. It's not working on my phone. It's not working on my laptop. I'm like, what the actual heck is going on? And I did not. So find out later, one of my kids downstairs had flipped the switch and turned the router off. And so I had no, there was no way I was ever going to figure that out. I think it must've been an hour, an hour afterwards. I mean, I was doing everything I could to try. I didn't know at the time that my kids had flipped the internet. I thought it had just gone out. So I'm trying to find like, can I do this on hotspot? How can I get back in the zoom room? Nobody's going to be there. I'm starting to panic because I can't get this on. 
Finally, one of my clients boxers me. My team was not on there for whatever reason. I don't remember why, but one of my clients boxers me and she's like, Eric, I'm on here. I'm trying to tell them how amazing you are, that you're going to be back. And like, she's freaking out and she's trying to like hold these 600 people and she sees them start to drop off and they're all disappearing. And all of a sudden I get the internet back on. I don't remember what, how we finally figured it out. And I jump back in the zoom room and there's like six people. And I had just- Every right before you make the offer, right. so you're just like, give, give, give and go for free. On. Yep. Oh on. I think we were supposed, I think that would have converted probably around 50 people. And I think that entire launch, we ended up selling like four or five. I mean, it was nothing. And oh, it was wow. the most devastating thing. I was devastated. I was defeated. It was my first real huge loss in my business. And I didn't know how to manage my emotions. I, at the time, my emotions were really attached to the results in my business. And so I felt like, well, if my business doesn't work, so I'm not meant to do this or this sucked, this failed. So I'm not meant to do this, which actually that's just the strategy failed at the time. It doesn't mean I'm not meant to do this, you know, and I know that now, but that, that was a really big, powerful um, turning point for me too. How long did it take you to get back up? Yep. So I cried for three weeks during that as well. And I did a lot of internal work around my own self-worth and I had to connect really deep back into my why. And I had to kind of adjust my strategy and how can I pick up clients to make up for the loss? Because I was expecting that revenue to come in and pay my team. Um, And there was a lot that I learned from that. And I think I did the launch probably six months later and it was a successful launch, but I didn't launch for a while. I really kind of, and and also what I learned from that was that I can create clients in a different way as opposed to launching. So I do use launching as a part of my business, but that happened, I think, so that I I knew that I could also rely on other ways to get clients. It wasn't just through that. So if a, a launch does fail, you always have other revenue coming in. So you're not putting all your eggs in one basket. So it was a real valuable business lesson for me too. Awesome. What was the next one that you tried? Like what's another system that you use besides live launching for those of us that run an online business? What other options are there? What's one that you use now that was successful for you? So I always say before six figures, if you're not earning six figures in your business yet, definitely focus on organics. So what I teach is like either in-person workshops or speaking engagements, um, getting yourself on podcasts, getting published in the media, really creating visibility and person in-person human or online connection. Um, if you're over six figures and you're trying to scale to multiple six figures or half a million or a million, um, then of course we can bring in some paid advertising, some funnels, we bring in social media strategy, um, higher level PR, that kind of thing. So I see it in different stages essentially. Perfect. That was a really brief explanation for that. Well done. You do know what you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So one of the things I wanted to go back to that you talked about was at the very beginning, you talked about being a rule follower and has that, I mean, as you overcame that, that's obviously changed your personal life, but how has that worked for you to change your business and mentally, physically, spiritually for yourself? How do, how does that change? Not being a rule follower, not doing what you should or what you're told. Yeah. I think it changed. Wait. I mean, it literally changes everything for me. You know, I've lost a lot of people in my life because I've been speaking my truth and I've been following my heart. And that means that people are going to be uncomfortable with how you're living your life now. And I don't feel like I don't drink anymore. I'm sober. I got divorced and some of my family did not even think I was making the right decision. They chose to, you know, side with my ex-husband. And I mean, I think it's, it's not a, an easy journey, but what happens on the other side is you feel so liberated and I feel so strong in myself. And I know that everything that is in my life is so me and 
all of a sudden new people started coming in and those relationships and those connections were so deep and so different and exactly what I'd been craving my entire life, but I wasn't being true to myself. So I was not in a space to even call them in. And before when I had cancer, if I would have died, I knew at that point I was so unfulfilled and I was so unhappy and I was so miserable and I was, it would have been very sad. And now clearly I hope I live for a really long time, but honestly, I can say that like, if I did die tomorrow, I would be so freaking happy with where my life is right now and just how I'm living. And like that to me is true success, like 1 million percent. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. That if you died tomorrow, knowing that you're fulfilled living today, absolutely true success. So if you were to give us like three simple takeaways from what we can do today to feel that feeling, that feeling of true success, living basically day to day, knowing that we're doing it right, that we're doing okay, that we're succeeding every day. What would three habits that we could start today that you would recommend for us to live this incredible life that you live? One, what in your life needs to change? What needs to go? What is dragging you down? Where is, and if these are hard, this is a hard thing to look at. I looked at it and I was like, you mean I have to leave my job? You mean I have to be a single mom? You mean I have to go through a divorce? You mean I have to move states? You mean I have to move countries? I mean, it was a lot. And I think don't get overwhelmed, but also become aware of what in your life is not working. What feels heavy? What are you ignoring? What is that nagging thing in your life that you are just not paying attention to because it's too hard and get really clear on what those are. So at least you're aware of them. And then two, I think it's, what do you know you as your own self want to create, achieve, accomplish, make happen in your life? I knew I was here to make a difference in the world and I wanted to have my own business. And pretty much every decision I made was based around how can I make this happen? So I think, what is that non-negotiable for you? Know in your life what you do want to work towards and start taking tiny little action every day to work towards it. And I think three, this is so hard for moms, especially, and it's hard for me even now, especially that I have a busy business, but like finding the time to make what you want to happen, happen, because there's only so much wishing we can do. And there's only so much, I'll get to that later. I'll get to that later. I'll do it later. Like there might not be a later. And I think it's just so important to find that time and create that time rather than just keep waiting until you have time. Beautiful. That was just absolutely such a simple way of starting right now. Like know what your non-negotiables are, know what you need to get rid of, focus on where you want to move toward and then make it happen. You've said the word action probably 10 times in this interview and you're all about taking action and it has absolutely worked for you. I mean, we're talking, you moved countries, you changed jobs, you started a business, you're now successful in that business. You've done that business a million different ways and then you're parenting totally different now than you were. Your your personal life is completely different. So it's inspiring to me. I just love your story. I love your energy. It's it's a powerful thing and I'm, I'm just privileged to be around you. So thank you for being here. I appreciate so much what you've offered for us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. How can people find you, Erica? How could we get up, get in touch with you? Sure. On I, I, you'll probably put links, I'm guessing, but ericacarico.com um, is my website and Instagram. I spend a lot of time there. It's Erica Lynn Carico. Um, and we do also have a program for women who don't feel like they're living their purpose. So it's called Awaken Your Purpose. And it's a program that really helps you to figure out why you are here and maybe what is the business that you want to start or what is your life's work. Um, so there is that too, if they're not a business owner yet. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that you did that. That's very Yeah. Cool. It's kind of, it's not something that we talk too much about anymore, but um, yeah, it's definitely there. 
Awesome. So if you guys, if you're not quite there yet, but you know, you want to be, this is also a yeah. great option for you. So ericacarico.com is her website. And obviously these links will all be in the show notes as well. Thank you again, Erica. You are such a delightful yeah. person. Thanks for being here. And thanks for doing what you're doing. Thank you. Right back at you too, sister. Thanks for listening to the Habits and Humor podcast. Don't forget to sign up for the Holiday Health Challenge so that you can have a personal trainer and a nutrition coach and a whole lot of fun this holiday season. Head to holidayhealthchallenge.info to sign up. And we'll see you there.